I'll be honest. Um, last week, when God spoke this into my spirit, it was kind of funny because I was reading James 4. And James 4 spoke to my spirit at this one point where it talked about, you know, you don't have because you don't ask. But when you do ask, your motives are not right, and then you don't receive. And I was like, oh, wow. And all of a sudden, God dropped in my spirit um, when God doesn't answer. And he just, like, started flooding me with all this stuff. Well, to make a long story short, I haven't really preached. I used to preach to the kids every Sunday for almost four years and came over here and I preached a Mother's Day almost, it'll be two years ago, and my husband keeps saying, "Hun, do you feel like you want to preach? And I'm like, nope, you're doing well. I'm good. I'm good. And so I just have felt that my husband, I see how much he loves to preach to you every Sunday to the flock that God's given him. I don't want to step in that. Like, he actually can go through withdrawal symptoms when he doesn't get to preach. And I, I love that in him. But, you know, I got to the bottom of James 4, and it says, if you don't do what you know you should do, it's sin. And I was like, oh, okay, that was the wrong verse to read in the scriptures right now because I really don't want to do this, God. But I know I know he's asking me to do it. So today, as I was trying to find the little swirly rush thing to start like he does, because, you know, he, he works really hard on presentation, and it, and it shows. And so I'm going to try to do the same thing today. But I was finding all of our little swirly rush signs on different pictures. And so I'm going to take you down memory lane right now on some of these pictures that I found with the Rush Church swirly signs. And there's a good one. Look at there. Look how young some of these kids are in that picture. Noah, you're even in there. And Lily, look at you guys in there. This was years ago. Little pagey in the corner. So cute. And then there's a good one. Look how little the cash bot girls are. <laughs> oh, and Jaden looks like this tiny little thing with this bobblehead for some reason. <laughs> I love it. I love it. They have grown in to such women of God. I am so proud of our kids here at Rush. So proud. But then I found my dad said that after we got those little cushions, he said, couldn't you make them bigger? <laughs> so, you know, sorry, they're not. Um, and then, of course, Jensen with Chucky there. But I found the swirl. But I still had to show you the pictures because they were just, they were too much. So the question today, and God, I just pray right now that you would just use me as a vessel, a vessel of honor, Lord, because I'm doing this in obedience. The question today is when God doesn't answer, how many of you guys have prayed about something in particular and he doesn't answer? How many of you have prayed and it seems like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming right back down? 
How many of you believe that God has put something for you and you're walking in that destiny and then all of a sudden the rug gets ripped out from under you and you're going, I don't understand. God, I prayed and I felt you led me this way. Why all of a sudden? It's in pieces. I don't understand. I know I'm not the only one in here that has prayed for someone for a healing and it didn't happen. And you sit there and go, but God, I believe that it was going to happen. Why didn't it? And see, with that, the enemy likes to come in, and that's when he likes to seek, kill, and destroy. And he starts messing with your mind and says, oh, did God not answer your prayer? Reminds me of the ball and Elijah. And Elijah's taunting him, saying, does your gods not hear you? Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you need to wake him up. That's what Satan wants to do to you. He wants to say, Jill, does your God not hear you? Where is he? But you know what? We serve the great I am. We serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. That is who we serve. And we need to get that into our spirits on who we are serving. So this led me then to how do you respond when you feel God has not answered? How do you respond? Do you pick up the telephone and call your best friend and say, do you get mad at God? Do you get angry? Do you think, oh, God is against me? Even the Bible says he is for you, not against you. But that's how the enemy wants to come in and seek, kill, and destroy you. By taking what you know is truth and distorting it. How do you respond? Do you go before him and fall to the cross? Or do you walk away and try to ignore what's going on? Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Which one are you? Now, men, I know you're not a woman, so we're going to look at the characteristics of a Martha and a Mary. Do you lean towards Martha, who is the doer? If we look back in the scriptures into Luke it talks about Jesus coming into their hometown to teach. And Martha gets so busy with preparations and she's distracted with everything going on. And Mary is seated right at the feet of Jesus. And she's learning from the teacher. She's learning from the master. And Martha comes in and accuses her. Well, master... 
Aren't you going to say something to her? Do you think it's fair that I am doing all this work? Aren't you going to tell her to come and help me? And he says, no, no. She has found the good thing. Have you found the good thing? John 11. I'll tell you what, I have heard the story of a Lazarus. I have taught the story of, a La- of Lazarus to the kids. I have read the story many, many times in my Christian walk. But I am telling you that something happened this time when I read it that I never saw before. My husband has never seen it before. In fact, you guys might need to hold him back because after I shared with him what I wanted to teach, he's been researching it and he's been in the Word studying it. And I have to tell him, stop telling people. You're taking the whole thing away for Sunday. Don't tell people. They're going to think I got it from you. I didn't. Honest. I brought it to him. On Friday with all his pastor friends, he shared with me last night that they dissect the word. And he's the one who brought it this week. And he's like, have you guys ever seen this before? And they talked about it. So he had his chance to preach it on Friday. So you might have to, ladies, you might have to hold his shoulders if you see him going, okay? Mark, mute his mic if he steps up here. Anyways, we're going to read in, in John 11. So we're going to set the story up, and I'm going to do a lot of scripture reading today because it's the word, it's the gospel, it's the truth. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. I want to stop there because this has not happened yet in the scripture. And I don't know if you've ever realized that, but that actually happens in the next chapter. But the writer, John, felt that this was so important for you and for me to realize the characteristic of Mary. So he is pointing this out before we go any further. So it says, so the sister sent word to him, Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, He whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, This sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he then stayed Two days longer in the place where he was. Does that make any sense to you? Where Jesus is, is about 24 hours. It's about 24 hours. It's about a day, not, probably not even a whole 24 hours. It's a day journey to get to Lazarus. Lazarus. So you have to realize that It was, the word was sent, he could have started off walking, and he chose not to. He stayed there two days. To me, that's like me going, God, my friend is sick, my brother, my sister's sick, can you please heal him? 
And God doesn't respond for two days. We would look at that as unanswered prayer, wouldn't we? Because we didn't get the answer when we wanted it. So he stayed in that place two days longer. So let's ask the question again. What are you praying about right now? And what is God not responding to you at or about or, con or, or continuing on? What does God have for you? And how are you responding? Are you being a Mary or are you being a Martha? Because remember, Mary was at the feet of Jesus, taking in everything that she could learn about who he was. Martha was distracted. She was putting together the preparations. I don't believe Martha did not love Jesus. She did. She loved Jesus. She wanted to serve him. She wanted to give her best to him. But Mary was at the feet. Now, some of us would look at that and say, well, Mary was just lazy. Mary was just like self-seeking. She was like all in it for herself. And Martha, on the other hand, she was selfless and serving. Let's go on. Martha, therefore... When she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Now, there's a lot that happens that transpires in between the verses that I've read. I'm picking out what God has showed me through this. So there's other things that if you read later this chapter, you're going to see other things, but I'm picking out the things that are, I feel God has revealed to me. So Martha then says to Jesus, Lord, if you have only been here, my brother would not have died. If you if you, I could see, I mean, how many of us have said God, if you had only answered my prayer, I would have not made the wrong decision. I would have known what to do. And maybe he was saying, you should have just rested at my feet a little longer. God, if you would have healed that person, they wouldn't have died. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God sees the big picture. We put him in a box sometimes. And we only can see what we think that our God can do from our past history of what he's done. The people in the wilderness that watched all the miracles happen, the parents, they saw the cloud. They saw the pillar of fire. They saw the manna coming from heaven. They knew they served a big God, but their children only heard the stories, and they walked away from God. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Skip a few scriptures. Do you believe this? Jesus comes back and says, do you believe this? And Martha says, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. See, Martha believes she has a relationship with God. She knows who Jesus is. She has served him. She has seen his miracles. He turns it back. Do you believe this? Now, in between now, Martha leaves and goes to Mary. Because remember, Mary has not come out yet. I don't know why. Was Mary feeling just kind of she didn't want to see him? Did she have such honor and respect that she wanted to be beckoned to come? But Martha goes in and says, Mary, the master, the teacher, he's calling for you. So Mary gets up and hastily goes. She goes. She's trotting pretty quickly. And, and you know, Bethany and Jerusalem were only two miles away from each other. So back in those days, people would come and mourn with you. They would come, and, and even if they didn't know you, they used to hire professional mourners. And so they would come, and they would walk the, the procession, and they'd wail and carry on, because I guess the greater they wailed, maybe the better the person was. I don't know. But so the mourners that came from Jerusalem followed her out because they thought she was going to the tomb to mourn some more. So they thought, I'm going to go with her. We're going we're gonna to mourn with her. Mary gets to where Jesus is, and she falls at his feet, and she says, if you were only here, my brother would be alive. He would not have died. The two women said the same exact response. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But why do you think that they made it so very clear that she fell at his feet? This is the same Mary that sat at his feet to get the teachings. This is the same Mary that later anoints him with expensive perfume and wipes his feet with her hair. She knows who he is. And she's going after him with all she's got. When Jesus saw Mary and saw the mourners, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Now let me ask you something. 
this is where I had some, some digging to do. Because one translation says he was angered. Why would he be angry? You know, his disciples earlier in the chapter said, we're not going to go back to Judea. We're not going to go back to that area. They want to stone you there. They want to kill you. Why would we go back? Same people from Jerusalem have come now to Bethany. Now, these are people that are for him and people that are against him, that are all with Mary and Martha as mourners. I look at it that when he saw the crowd, he knew, he knew who was for him and he knew who was against him. He could feel that. He could discern that. I don't believe that he moved and, and wept with compassion so much because of what's going to happen because he knows what's going to happen. He knows Lazarus is coming back from the dead. He knows it. I think he was moved and deeply troubled because the people didn't all believe. They didn't all get it. And he knew that. And it says his spirit was deeply moved and troubled. And he says, where have you laid him? And then the shortest scripture, if anyone wants to memorize scripture, Jesus wept. Shortest scripture in the Gospels, Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man also from dying? So it says again, Jesus again, being deeply moved within, came to the tomb. So here's these men out here saying, well, couldn't he have healed them? If he would have only came, he's healed the blind men, he healed the cripple, he, he healed the lady with the blood disorder, he could have easily healed them. Do you see the antagonistic coming against Jesus right here? Jesus felt that. He knew that. Some said, wow, he has compassion. Look at how much he loved them. Those are the people on his side. And then over here, they're saying, well, what if? They're still on the if you. If you would have only been here. If you would have left immediately. If you would have answered my prayers. So it says, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. Jesus says to them in front of everybody, he says, roll that stone away. And you have to know, four days Lazarus has been in that tomb for four days. We know what a dead animal smells like when you're driving by it on the road after a couple. Especially if you're on a motorcycle. It stinks. Four days he was in the tomb. And now, now look who's saying this. It's Martha who is saying, but Lord, by this time, there will be a big stench. It doesn't say this in the scriptures, but I could probably see Mary over here going, oh, but he can. Oh, but he can. I believe he can. I know it's going to happen. 
I feel it in my spirit. Here it comes. And Martha's over here going, oh, it's going to stink. And all of these people that are behind them, they're saying, you're right, Martha. What is he thinking? It's going to stink. I don't know what he's doing or who he thinks he is, but if he would have answered before he died, there might have been something we could be rejoicing about. And then the other people that are over here that were saying, oh, what compassion he has is behind Mary going, Mary, what do you think he's going to do? What's the teacher going to do? And Mary's like, my brother's going to come from that grave. And they're over here encouraging Mary, knowing who he is. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He is the healer. He can do anything. Greater things can happen when you believe. Over here, we're still worried about the stench. What's this going to do? We're going to all have to run. How's this look to you? So Jesus says to Martha again, did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Do you think there's an action there? Something that we have to do on our part? If you believe, don't put me in a box. Yes, I can heal. You've seen it. You saw that. You saw it before. I can do it. Don't put Jesus in the box of only what we can fathom. Because my little peon brain, it can't see the greater things. But I know the greater things are promised to me. I know that there are greater things that God wants me to do for him. Stepping out in obedience. Do you know obedience is not always comfortable? Obedience is painful. It is scary. It can cause you to be up at night last night, not sleeping. Oh, was that me? Yeah. Obedience is pruning sometimes. Obedience isn't a walk in the park all the time. But we need to be obedient to him. And when he asks you to do something, you do it. So Jesus comes up to the tomb, the grave, and the stone is rolled away. And he says, God out loud, he speaks this because he already knows what he's going to do. He knew what he was going to do clear back when he was a day away because God wanted to reveal to everybody who didn't believe who he was, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. That was his plan. So you have the Mary side who's over here Yes, I believe. And you have the Martha side over here saying, well, 
only if you, and putting it back, if you, and Jesus stands there and says, God, I speak this out loud for them to believe who you are. So he's telling everybody why he's doing this. And then he says, Lazarus, come forth. Can you just hear it now? I mean, we're, we'd all be standing there, and this side's like waiting and just excited, and this side's over here like, really? Come on. Who are your friends you hang around? Are they the encouragers that say, oh, yeah, Jesus has got it. He's got you under control. He's got all this. Don't you worry about it. He owns it all. It's his problem. He's got you. He's got it. He's got it. Or do you got the friends over here that you go to for counseling that are going, you need to just leave his, well, your, his poor soul. You need to just get out of that marriage. He's not treating you good. Well, how are you treating him? All right, well, you need to tell that boss that you need more respect and you need more money because he's not treating you good. He's taking advantage of you. Or you tell, you tell your children, you don't honor and respect me. I am your parent. The Bible says you need to honor and respect. Well, how do you treat your children? What group do you hang around that you get encouraged by and listen to? That's important in life. Because I'm telling you, this group can bring you up and this group can pull you right down. So Jesus calls Lazarus out. And Lazarus comes out. Now he's all mummified. He's wrapped head to toe. I, he probably couldn't even see where he was going. He probably was just going to the master's voice. And it says that his arms and his hands and his feet were bound. And he comes out. And Jesus says, go release him. Release his arms and legs. What is Jesus calling you today to release for the greater things to happen in your life? What is he calling you to release for the greater things to happen in your life? So guess what? These people rejoiced. And some of these people came to the other team because they saw the miracle. They saw the greater thing. They saw the impossible become possible because the Bible says that nothing is impossible when God's on your side. If you haven't watched Facing the Giants, Coach Taylor, nothing is impossible when God is on your side. Watch that movie. Oh, it's good. But some people over here stayed right where they were at. They had a hardened heart and they didn't want any part of it. 
And these people went back to the Sanhedrin and started pointing fingers and saying, this Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead. What are you going to do? We need to kill Lazarus and Jesus. And you know that that was the final thing that put Jesus on his walk to the cross. This happens right before the Passover. This happens right before Mary anoints him with oil. And right before he dies on the cross and is resurrected again. And he says in that scripture to, to Martha, I am the resurrection. And she says, yes, I know at the end times, the last days, we will all rise. He says, no, I am the resurrection. And then what did he do? He rose again. So today is, as the band comes and starts to get ready for their song, what greater things... Believe for greater things. John 14, 12. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things. What's, what's keeping you bound? What's keeping your arms and your legs shackled? What is it today? that you need to release? How do you come when unanswered prayer is at your doorstep? Do you come with an attitude of Martha or do you come with an attitude of Mary? And how do you want to come from this day forth? Because you know what? God doesn't want to put you in a place that says, well, look how you've been acting. You haven't been doing the right thing. He wants you to take the knowledge and the understanding of what he's revealed to you right now to move you forward for greater things. So really, it's your choice. It's an action. Do you believe? Do you believe that that mountain that God's put or that that mountain that's in front of you that God is with you on that journey and that there is greater things on the other side. Do you believe that there is a better job? Do you believe that there's better workers? Do you believe that your car is going to survive? Do you believe that God loves you so incredibly much that he sent his son to die on the cross for us and that he rose again to sit at the right hand of our Father to intercede for you and me. If you don't believe, I want to give you that opportunity this morning to believe. So go ahead and with every eye bowed, every head bowed and eye closed, if today you say, you know what, I'm not sure. Maybe in the past you've been really walking with Christ, and, but right now you have this doubt. You have something that's come inside of you that just doubts that he really truly is who he says he is. 
I want to give you the opportunity for first-time believers or people who have just been walking in doubt of who he is to say, Pastor Jill, today starts my new journey with Christ. Today starts a new walk with my Savior. Today I say I believe. If that's you today, I just want you to put your hand up. Nobody looking around. Just put your hand up because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we can be seasoned Christians in Christ, but if there is a hint of doubt that Satan is messing with, I want you to declare today and make a new declaration that you believe that Jesus is all you need. And there were a few hands that went up. And we're just going to pray together today as a body of Christ. And then the band is going to sing a song called Come As You Are. I was born and raised in, in, in uh, the Pentecostal Assembly of God. And I am so familiar with altar calls and coming down forth to the altar and coming forward. And, and if you were raised in, you know, Methodist or, and, or different, you know, Presbyterian, you might not or know or understand what this is all about. And it's okay. I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm telling you the way I was raised. Because when I walked forward to that altar in front of everyone, it was a declaration that I was serious I want everybody to know right now that things will change in my life and strongholds that kept me back are no longer going to keep me back. And I am asking for other people to encourage me and support me through this journey because that's what church family does. We're not all perfect. So my husband has the line, mess up, fess up. So you know there's some messing up that happens. But I'm telling you, as this song is played, come forward today. Make that declaration. Even if you're feeling uncomfortable, come forward today and, and praise God with your whole heart today. Come forward today and make a new declaration of who you serve and who you believe. So just say it with me. Dear God, I commit fully surrendered to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Help me in my journey to be more like you. Help me in my journey to seek you. Forgive me of past wrongs. I lay it at your feet. Just like Mary sat at his feet. Greater things are yet to come.